Okay. Three, two, one, begin. Welcome to the Pitcher Podcast, where the conversation is free flow, everything is on the house, and all we ask for in return is for you not to give us one-star reviews. I'm Cody. And I'm Ian. Very good, very nice. good. And today, what are we going to be talking about? We're going to be talking about cooking, and I'm going to be asking Ian questions about cooking, kind of like an interview style. So we hope that is enjoyable. But and I'm going, going to ask Cody fun? about cooking interview style as well. Maybe. Yeah, because mm, Cody's maybe. been doing a lot of cooking. He's been chefing it up. Cody, what, <laughs> no, tell them no, what no. you're making right now or what you have made. Oh, I'm not making anything right now. No, you did. Something to do with tofu, Cody. I think you did. You literally just showed me. What is it? Let no, the world no, know. Let the world know. I got takeout. Take Cody. <laughs> you got to be proud of your cooking, man. Just say it. Okay. Just say it. Just say it. <laughs> to be fair, it wasn't really me. But I helped. Cody, I stop helped beating that. around the bush. Just say what it was. <laughs> it was mapo tofu. Very nice. <laughs> For those yeah, yeah. who don't know, mapo tofu is like a Sichuan tofu dish. I'm not sure if it's, I think it's Sichuan. Um, that it's like a numbing, spicy tofu dish, but very nice, Cody. Cody chefing it up nice. in Georgia. I, I'm a really good assistant, but yes. I'm not the chef. A good sous, <laughs> sous chef. Yeah, a good sous. So for this week's Culture Corner, we're going to talk about TV shows. Um, I've been watching one, or I started to watch one. Cody, don't mute yourself. Just there's some noisy cars going by. There's no noisy cars. Fine, bro. I don't hear anything. Okay, 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 okay. But um, TV shows. What have you been watching lately, Cody? You have to go first. No, Cody, you go first. <laughs> it's just this intense, like quiet back and forth. No, you go first. Dude, I'm gonna get passive aggressive with you in a second. But <laughs> mine is. Um, <laughs> mine is. Um, uh, one specific Black Mirror episode called Hang the DJ. Uh-huh. And my girlfriend and I just watched it the other night uh, based on one of her suggestions. But the whole plot summary is it's about like a new dating app um, that essentially tells you the expiry, like the expiry time of your relationship. So based on like all of your oh, profiles. Yeah, yeah, one, yeah. Have like, you seen it? They move into a house together and then right after yeah. they expire, they just like leave. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so it's it's really, really interesting. And one thing I love doing during Black Mirror, it's like probably the most annoying thing, but I love pausing it whenever I have a theory and saying my theory aloud. Oh my God, Cody, <laughs> I'd be so annoyed. <laughs> but it was fun because no, my me girlfriend- out. Hear me out, guys. Hear me out. Hear me out. <laughs> Cody, just watch. Please, and I was completely wrong by the end of it. So I definitely didn't see it coming. Do you remember the end of it? No. Or did no. you just see the trailer? Kind of. I've seen the whole thing, but mm. I don't really remember. I just remember the premise of like mm. the dating thing. Yeah, it didn't get that much like press. Like you know how certain ones get a lot more like like the press big one than others. The yeah, one yeah, the yeah, and stuff. Yeah, yeah. But um, this one didn't. But I thought it was really good, and it was one of the like non freaky ones too which it's i always still like. kind of freaky man yeah but it wasn't like a scary one have you seen the dog one dog one what's that yeah like about a robotic dog who kills you <laughs> no I've, I've i've seen the one about the robotic is, bees oh that one is scary too that one oh, is really scary the thing is it's it's not scary like black mirror for me is not scary it's just 
eerie in the like because they do it really well in a way that it seems mm. like it's plausible in the near future mm-hmm. not in the future or the distant future mm-hmm. it's like the near future she like this mm-hmm. might be real yeah 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 and yeah anyways it was just really good so what was um, the ending of the episode well do you want me to spoil the whole thing spoiler alert okay skip this part if you're actually planning on watching it but yeah. essentially the whole premise of it I'm gonna have to go through the whole thing. I can't just yeah, do it. Do it. I wanna. Okay. So the whole the thing juicy is details. You have to tap at the same time on this thing, and it's you're in this community, uh-huh. so they don't fully let on that like there's you can't go outside these walls, but like you're all in, inside this community, and it cycles you through relationships. Um, and the the idea is that like every time you break up with someone because of the allotted time or like how you process everything that all builds up your profile and stuff and gives you the perfect one match at the end, like the genetically perfect match for you. Oh, so you go through like a like dating phase and then they settle exactly. you down with the first. Like yeah. The, and you could have a relationship that lasts for five years. Like, Oh you shit. Have this, to last with this is the one that someone killed someone. No. Oh, never mind. <laughs> no, that, okay. That is a new Netflix show called the one based on DNA stuff that my parents told me about. But I've, it's, I've it's eerie because, okay, yeah, there's another dating, like dystopian dating app show out right now that there is a lot of murder in. But basically, like, it cycles you through these things and these two people pair up once. Yeah. And then there are only 12 hours that they have together. And then they really hit it off, but then they have to separate. And there's guards and everything, too. So, like, so they're obligated to separate. To... Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and then they end up together, like by happenstance again, like a, a year and a half later, after this guy is stuck with this girl mm-hmm. for like one year or whatever. And basically, they start to question the whole system and stuff. And then he kind of screws it up. And then they part ways. And then they basically, she gets, they both get assigned their one, but then they're allowed to see each other for like 90 seconds or something. And then Why? in that 90 seconds, they're like, because it's like you're allowed to see one person that you had a relationship with before you're with your like the one, like your perfect match. Um, because this helps with like repairing and healing and stuff before you go into your lifelong relationship. In that moment, they decide to like the system and like run over the walls into the wilderness beyond. Um, and then as like they run away, and then the guard comes up with a taser. And then she like stops and then puts her hand into the taser and then everything freezes in the system. And then they run out and they escape and they're climbing up this huge cement wall. And then as they go up, the thing dissolves and they go into a black room and there's like thousands of other identical pairs of them around. And then basically all of them start to dissolve. And then it goes out of 1000 simulations, 998 misbehaviors or like uh 998 rebellions and then it zooms out and then it's these two people at a pub like sh- looking at the other person's profile on the phone before they're about to go into first date and it goes 999.8 percent compatible oh like, so it's yeah. like all the simulations within mm-hmm. yeah 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 and out of those thousand like how many of the times did they just like run away and decide to like break the system and that's how compatible they are or something, which I didn't see coming at all at the end. So uh, I don't know if that's a happy ending or it's kind of neutral. It's just weird. As I said, it's eerie with every Black Mirror episode. It's kind of like eerie. Yeah. 
it was good though i i would really recommend it we're going to talk about ai on this podcast the whole concept of ai and the ethics behind ai yeah but, okay you you talk about yours now um my one is this show or this short docu-series on netflix called this is a robbery and essentially um uncovers the not really uncovers but just talks about because this is a case that has yet to be solved like no one knows who's behind it or who actually did it but it's about the isabella gardner museum robbery case back in i think the 90s i'm not 100 mm -hmm. sure but essentially the whole premise of the case was um there were two people who were dressed at okay basically isabella gardner museum is this really famous art museum in boston where this woman mm -hmm. um isabella gardner tried to curate this museum experience by having this massive um castle that is reminiscent of like venetian re renaissance times and then mm. each area has like a very unique experience in the way that the room is curated in terms of the artwork but also the decor of each room so it's like this really um surreal experience where there's a really big venetian courtyard and it's very interesting museum it's not something that you would see um normally it's it's very oh my god wait i'm just hearing this in my headphones like yeah like, like my audio is like kind of like feeding back into my ears it's like jittery but whatever. Uh, it seems fine. fine now it seems from my end from your end it's fine yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, okay. Maybe am I speaking too loud on the mic? No. No. I, okay, okay. Hopefully Essentially, it's yeah, it's this museum in Boston. Um, it's super, super famous. And um two people end up trying to rob and successfully robs this museum um by dressing up as police officers. And then there were just these two guards who were like super chill, super like one of them was like this big stoner guy. And then there was like several security protocols. So there's like two doors that you have to buzz through. They buzz the police officers through. And then the police officers came in and told them that like they have a warrant for his arrest. So obviously he buzzed himself out and like met up with them. Um, and then those two guards got um, arrested. And then as they got arrested, the police officers just went up to them and said, this is a robbery. And then brings them down to the basement and then tapes them up at in the basement. And then one of the guys is like um like this frizzy haired, long frizzy haired guy. Have you seen workaholics before? Mm -mm. Okay, there's this guy in workaholics that looks exactly like him, but they like tape his eyes and then tape around his head like this. So it's like horizontal and vertical. Yeah. It's 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 a pretty morbid tape job. Yeah. But then essentially they tape them down, lock them in, and then they just like go on a rampage. They go to this one room, Cody. I think you've been to that room. I don't know what room that called that's uh -huh. called, but they like would cut the paintings down and then they, they kind of like go over how peculiar the way they do it is. Like they would steal this weird ancient Chinese artifact. It's like a Chinese vase of some sorts. Uh -huh. And then they'll go for stuff that is like of less value and is, is more tedious to remove like there is this eagle or some this thing that was attached mm. to like a flag or whatever I'm, but like butchering all mm -hmm. the details but then it's just like they're not picking the easy targets and there's some paintings that like they didn't crack it off um the frame 
they mm. just cut it off, which was like really hard to do because canvas <laughs> has like multiple layers or something. Right, right, right. And it's not something that you can like roll up and run away with. So it's like right. it, it's it's meticulous, but also very like chaotic in the same time, which mm. I feel like somewhat of a diversion. But yeah. remember they talk about there's like this like infamous art thief in in Boston as well. And he was talking about how he wasn't associated with it. And I'm just like, the fact that he's infamous as a freaking art thief uh-huh. and is on the documentary, he's like not a very successful art thief. He should just yeah, like stop. Yeah, yeah. He's being constantly like arrested. And they kind of go behind like his history. His relevance in the big picture is 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 like super minute because he didn't really do anything i guess they wanted to prolong the series a bit it's just like mensa dude who was like against the system and just like wanted to steal all this stuff he's like a genius of some sorts um yeah a lot of the stuff is very tangential and it's interesting but I feel like the documentary is trying so hard for it to be like a like a murder mystery like like the tape job thing they talked about is oh he could have killed him and then like they have a visual of someone pointing a gun to his head but none of that happened it was just all for like dramatic effect of what could have happened or like why someone would tape him up this way they're like if they're gonna tape him up this way anyways they might as well kill him i'm just like bro (laughs) shut up like i probably talked about this documentary about um ann friedman and the whatever art fraud documentary a couple of episodes (laughs) back and that was very like documentarian style like mm-hmm. as interviews it was very focused on the subject matter mm-hmm. which was art and then that doesn't really translate well into the context of this show and it doesn't mm-hmm. like i feel like it doesn't i think it portrays it in a very exciting way and for like the layman to like yeah, enjoy yeah. it because it's art like i don't think like art is very accessible to people or very interesting interesting for people so they kind of like spice it up and yeah. then takes it away from like what it is in its essence. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it got to stop pretending to be what's not. So I think it's like yeah. overly dramatic at a certain point. Yeah, and then yeah, it does yeah. a lot of that like documentary waffling where it's like, if he's in the room, that means he was there. And then it's like, okay, like mm-hmm. that added nothing to it, but you added like two minutes mm-hmm. of audio probably so yeah 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 i think the story itself is super interesting it's like straight out of a movie Mm. like you wouldn't expect someone like locked up like acting as cops just stroll in and just like yeah lock people up and oh cody's voice broke but um (laughs) lock them up and tape them up and then just like go on an art heist like you you would never have imagined that much less so in real life and the fact that it still hasn't been solved yeah, yeah, yeah. Crazy. No, that's crazy. Is the is it a long series? I have no idea. We just put the first episode on. I haven't asked, uh, but I, okay. I, I'm I'm not surprised if it's like five episodes or like three episodes right. long. Right, right, right. Yeah, that's like that's my problem with some of the Netflix like murder or like crime documentaries yeah. is that they're so long. Like in total, like seven hours or something. If this it's like a five, the Cecil Hotel. Like we talked about this about yeah. the Cecil Hotel yeah and then like it's just so much time that you have to invest with looking into it and like being emotionally invested so i started watching a few and then like after like part way through the part two of like six or something i just decided to like quit it and like 
open up the Wikipedia page and just oh read through my it. God. Classic Cody with his Wikipedia pages. But what's that called? What's what's what what are the ones that you've been watching lately? Anything um, that have been interesting that caught your eye or all of them are well, Wikipedia worthy. I'm gonna completely like choke on this because I don't can't remember any of them right now. But <laughs> at all? No, there was like uh uh, evil genius was one of them it's about this person who i mean some of them are like really gruesome and there's yeah. a lot of detail but it's just a lot for like seven hours you know and especially i don't know i just end up wanting a quick summary of it but it's about this guy who ends up going into a bank and he has a bomb strapped around his neck in a collar and he can't get it off and he's holding oh a God. pizza and he's like he's like hands the note to this bank person that says like like if you don't want the bomb to go off that was forcibly put on him like deliver the money or something like that and then like basically they have him go outside they call the police bomb squad and everything and then this guy is like killed by the bomb essentially and so it's all about like the people who manipulated him and this guy who had like lower than average intelligence to do this and like the people who befriended him and manipulated him to do this and all the all this stuff it is like very interesting now but that's like the interest dies off after like three hours of watching it and you're only like halfway through you know that's just so morbid you know it just reminds you how many how much evil there is in this world oh for sure for sure but um yeah i, I get that 100 percent. yeah um, yeah just going back quickly to black mirror do you have a favorite episode mm-hmm yeah, it's definitely San Junipero. Oh, which San is, Junipero. Yeah. You want to give a it, brief it, summary of what that's about? Okay, I actually don't want to spoil this one because I would highly recommend watching it. It's won like the most awards of any Black Mirror episode, but it's uh, two people who find themselves in a really cool city and it transverses like time and it gives a lot of cool allusions to like the future of passing into death and stuff like that so i would highly recommend watching it you've seen it right yeah that's a great summary <laughs> on your toes Cody. Really Cody's on his toes today i'm literally on my toes <laughs> Cody's tiptoeing really right now. <laughs> but yeah yeah shall yeah, we get yeah, into yeah. the weekly catch-up then yeah you go first no you go first i went first last <laughs> okay fine well, this was my first five-day work week in the past like month since we had mm-hmm. so many holidays back-to-back. Mm-hmm. So it was pretty exhausting. But um, boss left, so got a bit more chill in the office. Mm-hmm. But either way, it was it was really nice just like going back to work and just having this new routine, um, especially since I'm starting to work out. I've just mm-hmm. been neglecting that part of my life so much. Mm-hmm. Um, and now that I'm able to do like Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, that's already so much for my body to handle, especially mm-hmm. work, which is so crazy. People yeah, are out yeah. there be like, oh, dude, you're, you're so young. You should be able to like live to the fullest and do everything. But like, it's mm-hmm. tiring. Okay. It's, yeah, it's pretty sure. taxing to the it body. Really like in uni, I would be able to do like six day a week and I'd be like, oh, I'll do seven days. But I'm like, okay, no, I'll just rest for one day yeah. and then go out. Yeah, and then I'll be perfectly fine next week. But now I'm just like, it's also because I haven't worked out in so long and I haven't done these like big heavy compound movements. Mm-hmm. That finally doing it on Monday and Wednesday, it 
blasted my like central nervous system and everything's mm-hmm. just like super tax super tiring but then i get that thrill mm-hmm. of the fatigue and i love that sensation like it feels like a Sorry, I was about to burp. You almost vomited right there. <laughs> I swear. I was that tired that I, I was about to vomit. But yeah, it was just really nice to like get back into it. And I like building this kind of like routine of some sorts. Mm-hmm. I think it's a nice little like morning ritual to, to work yeah. out, shower, and then head to the office. It's really nice that like where I work out is like 10 minutes, a 10 minute walk away as well. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Super serene. Definitely. Um looking forward to you know continuing to maintain this kind of routine as well and apart from that um i actually did a lot yesterday um i was just out and about with juliet yesterday and just it was one of those days where you just kind of walk around and you fall upon these interesting places galleries stores and stuff and it's just like a very peculiar and hidden side of hong kong that it's like hidden in plain sight in some sorts so like yesterday we went to tycoon which is like this old um prison is it a prison yeah and it used to be like a police station yeah that's being kind of like refurbished and retrofitted into some sort of like a mall plaza um it's super cool it retains a lot of its historic elements so it looks like Mm -hmm. a historic building but everything inside is new and it's um like restaurants and shops and whatever and then we went to this really hyped up like coffee shop called between i don't know if you heard about it Mm-mm. maybe maybe bambi knows but um maybe. it's like this really nice um coffee shop that is so overpriced but it's crazy oh, like really? i was i wrote this in my notes this whole idea of like hong kong coffee culture like mm-hmm. i feel like there's one subsection of people who are super into beans into making their own coffee and like knowing all about coffee but i think the the majority the brand of hong kong people just love the experience of being in a nice like photogenic oh, for sure. like course. ig coffee shop and like half of the time coffee shops nowadays are not about the coffee it's like oh, this nice ass place yeah, yeah yeah with like like it's more tailored for food sometimes like the place i went to was super big into their food that this like mm. uni tagliatelle which was absolutely phenomenal but mm. so expensive like i should not be spending this kind of money in a coffee shop yeah, yeah, yeah but yeah hong kong coffee culture two cents if you had to give me cody yeah. what would you say about it uh overpriced like that's literally overpriced. what i would say if it was like one word yeah. and i think you and i are similar in that like i will i'm like more willing to spend the money on coffee if it has like an interesting history or like when we went to the sake bar like i don't really care for sake too much and yeah. like it was new but like Ian and I both got the sake that had like the most interesting story behind it because it was from like one of the oldest sake distilleries yeah. in Japan. And so like that's like an example of something that I'd be willing to spend more money on. But half of the time I find myself at these coffee shops in Hong Kong that are like it's like 10 US for like one like yeah. cup of coffee or something. And it's like I, I don't even enjoy it. Like it's too acidic for me or just like not like my cup of tea. So like last yeah. week um, I was in Sai Kung and then Sai Kung is basically it used to be this fishing village. Um, super famous for its seafood there's like really local restaurants that even have like michelin stars so seafood's on point it's a very local area but then obviously it's slowly being intensely like gentrified Mm -hmm. a lot of like expats and westerners started moving in and now there's these kind of like 
IG photo like uh, photogenic coffee shops mm-hmm. in in Sai Kung, which is super like uncalled for. You wouldn't expect that at all. Mm-hmm. And I had this one thing called a shakerado. It sounds so stupid. Like I hate these names that they give mm-hmm. coffee drinks. But I, I I read the description. I thought it sounded pretty good. It's like two espresso shots that were like shaken and nice. And okay. then topped with like fresh coconut shavings. So okay. it's like, it'll be kind of refreshing, gets me the caffeine I need. Mm. And I'm not like, I, I like coconut as well to a certain extent. Mm-hmm. Then I take a sip. They <laughs> fucking like have syrup water or like uh, syrup. Yeah. They, they sweetened the coffee. And yeah, it's the yeah, most yeah. disgusting thing I've ever tasted mm. in my life. Like coffee mm-hmm. with added sweetener is. I can't. It, it yeah. actually made me gag. It felt like drinking vodka, like that same experience yeah, yeah, yeah. where my body's just revolting it. Yeah. And it was it was not great. But yeah, I think like coffee, especially for us, like one story, but two, it's just all about the flavor. Yeah. Like I don't care about these, like I've been hearing about these new beans, like geisha beans. People have been mm. overpricing stuff from like Ethiopia. Like a mm. bag would be like 400 bucks and stuff like that. Oh, okay. Like Cody and I, when we're in Hong Kong, we like the bag of beans that we get are what, like 10 yeah. US dollars? Yeah, less. Yeah, about that. About that. And like it's probably one of the best cups of coffee you could find <laughs> mm-hmm. in the world. And it has no hype to it. It has like mm-hmm. no brand name behind it. It doesn't have a fancy swanky thing behind it. So mm-hmm. we're true coffee enthusiasts, Cody. True. And like yeah, these yeah, yeah. poses. Yeah, if anyone in Hong Kong wants to know where we get our beans. No, Cody, no, no. Oh, okay, no, no, no. It's no, our secret no. supply. <laughs> okay, never mind. <laughs> if they want to get it, they get it through us with a 10% oh. markup. <laughs> we'll be the new coffee innovator. <laughs> we'll be the new coffee innovators. The, the shop finds out and just like freaking sues the shit out of us. Cuts us off. Cuts no, us off our supply. I guess no, this is fair. <laughs> we have to hide it. There's like a book. You, you cut open the yeah. pages and there's beads inside. But yeah. <laughs> That was that was some food for thought when I was like within mm. that coffee shop. I'm like, damn, this is very weird. And like yeah, you see, yeah, yeah. there's like this outdoor section that's obviously tailored. Everything is very tailored for people to take photos. Like the food's very oh, okay. nice. The drinks are very uh-huh. aesthetic. If you see like 15 people in separate tables, everyone's taking a picture of their food and like taking uh, okay. photo shoots. And I'm just like, I don't know how I feel about that stuff called me an old yeah. soul but you know i just not a fan yeah 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 the but kids these days kids these days i'm all, gonna all caring about Instagram. talk about a couple more of my weekly catch-up items as well mm. just to keep the ball rolling i don't want to be just speaking out of my ass right now i don't i mm. want cody to be able to share as mm-hmm. well but right behind tycoon there's this one gallery called 10 chancery lane gallery mm. i don't know if you've heard of mm-hmm. or been there okay but it was super nice. It's like this really big glass window and you can see right into the gallery. And um, we happened to stumble on a gallery by a local Myanmar artist mm-hmm. who was um, actually arrested during um, the, the protests in Myanmar. Mm-hmm. And then it was, it was very interesting. Like there was different stories behind the different pieces, um, like a separate artist started painting with syringes because essentially he was under political arrest 
and right. they don't have brushes or anything or access to anything. So um, he would use syringes to kind of like build these art pieces and paint right, with right, a syringe. Right. And even after he uh, like was out of prison, he's, he maintained that sort of technique. And then right. he started using recycled materials um, instead of canvases. And the recycled material is this thing called longi, which is like this traditional Myanmar. Um, I think it's a dress. I, I might be getting this right. wrong. So sorry if I am. But I think this dress or like this traditional um, cloth that a lot of people mm -hmm. in Myanmar would wear, um, especially the women in Myanmar. And then like the the person was telling me this whole story about it, how in Myanmar, um, women and men would never wash their clothes together because men are scared that um, the women's clothes are going to wash their power away or something. Okay. And there's this like weird power dynamic between men uh -huh. and women over there. So it was like this whole collection of pieces of Myanmar women and like they would be writing on it. Like, what's your thoughts about this? Like the power dynamic between yeah. men and women, they'll be like, Oh, we don't really care, but we still do it out of tradition. Yeah. And um, in light of the protests right now, what they started to do is they have these like long clothing lines from building to building. And then they will hang all this like longy. So all these women's clothes on top. Mm -hmm. And there's this one tradition where like men would never walk under women's clothes uh, because yet again, okay. it has the same premise of like they would rob them of their power right, or some right, stuff. Right, right, right. So then like the military would not walk through that area because of that. Oh, that's so interesting. It's super interesting. And it's like, it's so, it seems so trivial, you know, yeah. like this kind of stuff. And it's like super yeah. dated and everything. But the fact that it still has that big of an effect i don't know it's just it's it's very interesting it's it's, yeah, it's so yeah, cool yeah. that is really really interesting yeah and then after that we went to this one thing right next door it's like a super hidden store it's called Lockman mm -hmm. rare books mm -hmm. um i was trying to take a photo of it but then she was like no no no, don't take a photo not because of like the product there but she was like people have been taking photos before and that attracted too much traffic into the place uh, okay. and they don't want that because essentially it's just like kind of a small space um very well insulated there's like mm -hmm. car like nice carpets these like you know those really old-timey uh, leather chairs that people mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. read and smoke cigars mm -hmm. in or whatever mm -hmm. and then dark wood cabinets super cool space like i love that kind of stuff i love old stuff mm -hmm. and it's littered with first edition books like charles dickens oh, wow. Steinbeck's, um, even like um, what's his what, something Cook? Okay, what's his name? I don't know. The Explorer. <laughs> yeah, no clue. Is it okay. James Cook. I don't. I don't freaking know. But Captain like Cook Captain Cook. I don't, I don't know. know. <laughs> Captain Hook and Peter Pan. Um, Captain like, Crunch. Captain <laughs> Crunch. Um, but yeah, it's just littered with these first edition books, and it was like, such mm. a cool experience being there. It, it kind of like teleports you out of Hong Kong to a certain extent. Yeah. And she was like flipping through these books. These books would be like thirty thousand, fifty thousand dollars worth. And That's I was like, crazy. I probably just would not touch any of this. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Juliet was touching them. No, no, no. Okay. Like the one who was working there, she was like t t um, talking about it, walking us through the store, and she was just touching these like old ass books from like the eighteen hundreds with her bare right. hands. That's I'm like crazy. I'm like, That's crazy. That's really crazy yeah, and very yeah, audacious yeah. for her to do yeah. so. But just like. Being in the presence, like you feel the aura and the history of these books. Mm. It's just like it's it's pretty surreal. But that's crazy. Yes.
I will end it there. I want Cody to share. Sorry for going. Did you read about those online? What these stores and these galleries? Mm. No, I was literally in between the coffee shop and I look over and I was like, that looks, that looks kind of cool. Like there's a couple of streets. I kind of want to check it out. So I would walk Mm. up there and then I was surprised to see two really cool things. Gotcha. 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 Okay. Yeah. That's really cool. What about Um, you? My week was a lot less exciting than that. Um, It'll be pretty quick. There wasn't much. Um, but Don't set yourself we, off for failure. Sure we live exciting. next to a uh, really big park. I'm currently in Savannah, Georgia. I think we talked about that last yeah. last time. Um, but we live next to this park that is like pretty much the central park like mm. of the city. It's super big. There's a lot of squirrels. And so my girlfriend and I, like squirrels just aren't in a lot of places and i don't even know if they exist in hong kong but they're not like a lot of them yeah so we were wondering if like we could feed them and my girlfriend was very into the idea of this and so we went to like the dollar store and found cheap like a cheap bag of almonds yeah, and yeah. we fed them uh i should say she did uh last week um which is very cute we had one who kept coming up and like would actually take the almond out of her hand which was very cute were you able um, to like touch the squirrel or would they just like run away? No, they would run away. But then, so they wouldn't eat right next to you. They would like, it was like gaining their trust or whatever. So mm. they would like first scamper off like five feet away to eat it. And then like you give them another one, they come and they're like three feet away. And then they'll start eating it like a foot or two away from you. Um, but they would never eat it like right next to you. And Kept building a routine and gain yeah, their trust. Bring yeah, a couple yeah, back. Yeah. And then, um, uh, what was I going to say? She at first had held her hand out with like a pile of the almonds in them. And the squirrels had the same thing that like cats do where their long, what do you call it? Like long distance vision is really good, but they can't see if it's like right next to you. Oh, so if really? you throw a nut to them and like it's right next to them, like they won't be able to find it. So she had a pile of these almonds in her hand and it came up and it couldn't see where to bite so it bit her finger actually Ooh. i was really concerned if it like rabies got, like rabies or something but luckily it didn't it was like a soft bite and it didn't yeah, break yeah, the skin yeah. or anything um which i was like thankful about but after that you would just start to like hold them out and it was very cute we nicknamed this one peanut because it kept coming back to us um Aww. and then we hung out in like a hammock in the park it was very like a like a very restful american saturday i guess there was like a farmer's market that we went to and we went to the grocery store so it was very like very chill um, awesome. and then yeah 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 and then during the week i had work which i'm working virtually so i was just in the house for the whole week how's work <laughs> work is fine it's interesting and the people yeah. there are nice um so that's good mm-hmm. um but i miss i miss a bit of a commute to be honest like i, I like the routine of like getting on the bus and listening yeah. to music it like, puts you in the work mood yeah, yeah, yeah. Or like getting lunches with different people. Like Ian and I would get lunch at least once a week. Yeah. Um, throughout like most of the year. Or like just having colleagues to talk to in person or like hearing chit chat from across the office or something yeah. like that. Um but hopefully it's temporary, you know. Hopefully, hopefully. Um, so yeah, that was pretty much my week. It's super in character for you guys to be feeding squirrels because Cody and Bambi loves to feed freaking wild boars in Hong Kong. Which is 
super illegal by the way because you start building this dependency on them trying yeah. like your human food yeah and yeah, i'm just yeah. like cody you slimy motherfucker man but that's there was a guy there was a guy who lives near us who was hand feeding them bread like just out of the yeah, bag. i know which is so <laughs> bad like um i remember driving up to a park and then my whole family was there and we see like a family of boys digging through rubbish and they're like oh i feel so bad for the pigs they're eating rubbish i'm like okay first of all they're probably having a great time they're probably well fed in the forest and they're just here nibbling for scraps or like like a, a late night meal or mm-hmm. whatever and i'm just like they're it's not sad whatsoever but they're like oh they're going through rubbish mm-hmm. like, they don't know what that is they're this is probably like freaking truffle to them for all we know yeah it's like a jackpot but your parents wanted to feed them no they just kept saying how oh, sad it was I'm like, it's bad. really not okay. sad come on man Okay. I'm pretty sure I can win your parents over. Pretty soon it'll be all of us, like me and your parents feeding. I'm not even in the car. I'm just at work and you're with my family feeding freaking wild animals. I'm just like, (laughs) this is not a good idea. But wait, there are hammocks just in the park? No, I have one. I have one that I very seldom use. So it was very nice. Is it like a freestanding one where you can just like open it up? Yeah, it's like a very durable one too. So it's meant for like camping and stuff. So it's like a two-person one. So it could fit both of us in it. it you never very brought chill. it when we went camping, Cody. I said that I wanted to bring a hammock and you guys are like, nah, there's no trees. No, well, Cody, you didn't say it was like freestanding. Uh, yeah, you just tie it to anything. Oh, oh wait, no, it doesn't come in a frame. Oh, no, 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 no. Oh, yes, you still have to tie the trees. Something. Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. That's so stupid, Cody. Never do that. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Why would you even think about that? <laughs> but it was very chill. We, like, fell asleep in the hammock with the breeze and then the sunset and everything. It was very, very nice. But would um, you be scared that you'd be, like, robbed in the in the, in the the hammock? I mean, not not really. Do you not feel vulnerable? I guess you can hear if someone's approaching. You yeah, but how do you escape but... a freaking hammock in time? You're gonna I mean, try it's to, like, like a party. You're gonna like, try to cl- like claw your way out of the hammock, and you know, in like movies where they do like the little loop, the yeah, loop, yeah, yeah, and then like fall on the ground. That's gonna happen to you. It's gonna be very comical. Just knowing you and yeah. Bambi, you guys are too like too cute. <laughs> Everything is so comical for you guys. That's that's how we would get out of being robbed or bugged or something. Just keep spitting. Um, is this funny? Please don't take our money. <laughs> please, please, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'll pay you in laughs. Um, <laughs> but that the whole thing about feeding, like brings oh, me to what I was wanting to ask you. What about a transition! Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was Very liquid nice. gold when I that heard, was when I heard you talking about the eating trash and stuff. Yeah. Um, but one of the things that both of us are forced to confront now is like having to cook for ourselves and like not having a family and anything to fall back on um just during oh, our normal daily routine I, i'm still i'm still on the dependent lifestyle right now just for, uh, okay. for you guys okay. yeah, yeah, yeah so um <laughs> not as independent as cody made me seem i don't really cook a lot of my own meals but yes please proceed i did when but i was in do- university yeah, and you do cook like with Juliet at her place and stuff. Yes, yes, that's true. And you've been doing that for a while, and you've been in the cooking. Yeah, for I do a while. cook at least like once or twice a week. So, mm-hmm. 
if it's that if that's any consolation but mm-hmm. please proceed with your questions i'm not even looking at them because cody wants to hit me with them so i, I would you could look at i them. will respect <laughs> that um but anyways i thought it would be interesting because i also just like personality wise yeah and preference wise don't care a ton about food um and oh. so i've gotten like to the point where it's interesting because i'm like kind of excited about some meals now and like yeah. prepping the marinade and stuff beforehand but i also wow. just like, don't super super care do you say so prepping the marinade like, yeah dude That's, i have some kimchi I'm pork so, going like there, kimchi pork going crazy. In the <laughs> there's no way cody wallet is marinating kimchi pork right now yeah that yeah, is yeah. wild so i'm proud of you i'm very oh, proud thank of you. you thank you you said um, personality and i quickly yeah. just had a weird tangential thought did you mm-hmm. do the 16 personalities questionnaire before no but i know what it is and my friends have told me what they think i am oh okay wait, that's it. wait what's yours what's yours um my one is the i thought it was oh, the campaigner i don't know what that means oh wait is is 16 not the one is this the same one as the letters yeah yeah yeah. um my one's like e and tj okay i don't know what you're gonna do with that information i don't think all i know know is e is extroverted (laughs) that's all i know (laughs) my one's enfp so it was completely wrong (laughs) oh okay okay Um, my my i've been told that i've been told that i'm an infp oh you're such an infp I don't know what Wait, tell means. me your traits though. Extroverted, 73%. Intuitive, 74%. Feeling, 57%. Prospecting, 60%. Assertive, 74%. Yeah, you are assertive. <sighs> you confrontational. What <laughs> we're about to say. And then it's weird because there's a type and then your role. My type is a campaigner, but my role is a diplomat. Okay, interesting. And then my strategy is read them out? people master. Does it give any more explanation? It does, but it's like this long ass thing. And I, I don't think uh, okay. I think okay, we should do like you should do your one and then we'll talk about it next podcast. Okay, okay. Right, write write that down right now because I'm so literally gonna forget. I'm actually gonna okay, forget okay. to write that down. Uh, I'll 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 remember too. Cody fakes write it down. <laughs> we're not gonna we're not gonna remember. Cody's pretending <laughs> to write it down, and he's like, "There's nothing in his hand right now." Bro, I'm straight up not writing it down right now. <laughs> <laughs> Cody, mind. you whip out uh, like a nice quill pen. <laughs> <laughs> like lick them. <laughs> um, anyways, so one thing I wanted to ask you about, I, I have a list of different questions, but yeah. one thing I wanted to pick your brain about is your favorite meals. And then as I was thinking about that, I wanted to ask you like your favorite meals in general, mm-hmm. which, and then, and then also like your favorite meals to cook, because I feel like those are two different things. Cause like, okay. what would your favorite meal be like at a restaurant? Or like your favorite place or something, and then what's your favorite meal or genre or whatever to cook? I think like it's hard. It's hard to kind of choose one. Also, mm-hmm. it's, it's very general, so you got to break it down to breakfast, lunch, and dinner. I think it kind of okay. varies okay, okay. a bit. So, but if I have to generalize it, I think my favorite meal is that like how would you conceptualize a favorite meal? Is that something that you would be able to eat every day? No, oh, no, 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 just like a, th- yeah, 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 that one, something mm. that brings you joy. 
sushi. Okay. I'd love sushi. But also yeah. Chinese food. I love Chinese food. Mm-hmm. Just all types mm-hmm. of Chinese food. Uh, primarily like home-cooked Chinese food. That brings me a lot of joy. So it's kind of hard. But let's just stick to those two things and see where that's probably okay. into. Okay. And then your favorite thing to like cook? Cook. Um, actually, I think one of the things I love eating out and I love to cook at the same time is pasta. Mm-hmm. I'm in love with Italian food as I am. Mm-hmm. Okay. Top three cuisines. Just we so talked about that last knows. week. I, did we? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just to re- remind people. Oh, yes. I remember because I did yeah. number three and my fingers were really messed up. Yeah. Chinese, <laughs> Japanese, Italian. Which they still are. They still are. They're still messed up. But mm. um, pasta, 100%. Like the thing I was making so much before, I had like this little hiatus between jobs. And mm-hmm. then I was just making so much goddamn pasta. I had like a pasta machine. I used it and then so much that it broke. Oh, really? And yeah, I started hand rolling pasta. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I think pasta kind of, you know, talks to me or like not talks to me. I sound like <laughs> crazy. Like it speaks to me because mm. it's very similar to that doesn't another... sound any crazier at all dude <laughs> no it speaks to me and talks to me speaks to me at least okay. is like like yeah, a yeah. saying talks to me it's like i'm talking to actual pasta mm-hmm. but i think it's because like i love noodles so yeah. any like version of noodles i'm super down for and like pasta is basically western noodles so mm. yeah definitely i love i love 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 making pasta super easy and super easy to make like a lot of complex flavors as well like i think when it comes to italian food especially like good italian food it's less so about the complexity of the recipe it's more so about the quality of your ingredients mm-hmm. so i think that something so simple can taste so good is something that resonates with me quite a bit and i love that idea and that gives you a lot of free reign like you have a couple of components that you know that makes a good dish and you can kind of play around and even when you play around it's like it's not going to taste bad Mm. like there's this whole tree of um different pastas and how they kind of transform from one another so there there's um there's carbonara there's um cacio e pepe which is um cheese and um pepper so mm-hmm. it's like you have pasta and you add cheese that's cacio e pepe and then you add mm-hmm. lanciale which is uh pork jowl and that becomes mm-hmm. carbonara and oh, then if you take away the the oh wait sorry you add egg um egg yolk to it and that became be- becomes um carbonara but then if you only have guanciale which is just the pork gel without the egg then that becomes something else i'm going to be mad cuz i can't remember the name on the top of my head but then you get that and you add tomato sauce and then you make it spicy it becomes a matriciana so it's like mm. this this weird net of yeah, things that just yeah, like yeah, yeah. work with each other. And it's like interesting to be able to understand that interplay between different recipes and how, you know, like pasta or like a subset of pasta has grown based mm-hmm. of like one another. And I just love that. Like, I love obviously the history of food, the culture behind food. So mm-hmm. I'm still, I don't know if I would call myself a foodie. Mm. Um, I don't really connote with that or relate to that title itself mm-hmm. but i am mm-hmm. a lover of food and italian yeah. food 
is something I love making. Like I would do Chinese food sometimes, but I feel like my proficiency or my skills in that area is still not on par, which needs mm. to be, you know, brushed up upon. What about you, Cody? Oh shit! Oh, sorry, I just hit my computer and it fell a bit. What's your favorite food to eat? Your favorite meal?、Mm. And what has started to become your favorite thing to cook? Um, oh gosh, how are you on the spot? For favorite meal, I I don't know. I talked about like my top cuisines last week, and I、yeah. can't remember what I said. But like Indians up there for me, like Thai and Vietnamese. But I'm just such a not picky eater, and I love like everything. So I'm really, really flexible, like restaurants and things. But、um, in terms of having to start to like actually cook for myself and plan meals and groceries and everything now, what I've been sticking with have been things that are like very easy to not mess up. So like、yeah. slow cooked things, like things that take time, but like you can't really mess them up.、So、like、yeah. making some sort of a sauce or something. And then, like the meat goes in there, and it doesn't matter if like yeah you put it in for too long because if it's slow cooked, it's fine generally, you know. Damn, so I've been having it up. No, because it's it sounds fancy, but it's literally like the easiest thing. It's much much less intimidating than working on like high heat or something.、Yeah. So I'm starting to like get to the point where I want to experiment with high heat, but then that's just really hard because I worry so much about. The inside and the inside of whatever is being cooked enough. That's that's one thing I hate about、food. it. It's like the management aspect, especially、yeah. when you have to cook things like at the same time, and they're like、yeah. kind of under a time crunch. Like sometimes pasta is kind of annoying in that sense. Like you have to、mm. make sure you cook the sauce like midway through your pasta's cooking, and then transfer it in time. And like if you overcook it for like half a second, then it's super overcooked, and then. Mm. That compounds even more when you're cooking for someone else. When you're cooking for、mm. yourself, you're like,、mm-hmm. okay, if it's not perfect, then it's fine. But when you're cooking for someone else, you have that like innate pressure where you, you don't hype it up, but then you you tell someone what you're cooking, and they kind of like、mm-hmm. have some sort of an expectation of what it tastes like,、mm-hmm. what it should be like. And then if you feel like you don't, you know, match that expectation, or personally, I feel、mm-hmm. so defeated by it.、Mm-hmm. And I'm like,、mm. kind of like sulking and sad about it. Like, that's it's so stupid. It's just food. But then, like,、mm. that's how important it is for me when it when it comes to cooking. Like, I need people to be ex- able to experience the same joy and same flavors that I have in my mind.、Mm. Yeah, 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 totally. So that's totally. like totally. So that's like the next the next step, I guess. Where I worry a lot about like if I dry something out too,、yeah. which is why marinades are super nice because、mm. it's like a A foolproof way to make sure that it's yeah not like dry.、Um, yes, my voice broke again. Yeah, I didn't say anything. I say, no, I was gonna. I, <laughs> I was raising my hand.、Right. I was raising、yeah. my hand because I said, now that you like marinating stuff, you should look at papaya marinades. I don't know if it's easy to get、okay. papaya in Georgia,、okay. but essentially, papaya has this enzyme that breaks down like a lot of the proteins in meat that helps、okay. tenderize it. So. You can get like a meat that's subpar or not that great, and you、right. marinate it with papaya, and it becomes very tender and juicy. Just search、oh, papaya marinade somewhere on the internet.、Okay. It's not that hard. There's like some soy marinades with papaya as well. Okay, definitely recommend. Okay, okay. Yeah, I'll have to, I'll have to check、saying. that out. Um, I honestly don't even remember where I was going, but that's been like kind of the evolution of my cooking over the last month,、yeah. which has been exciting. I still think I'm never going to be someone that like. Actually, no. I'll take that back. 
I'm just like hoping that I become better at cooking and then maybe that will like make me more into food. I feel like if you kind of like enjoy it more and you do it more and you're slightly more fascinated about, you know, how things come together, then you will automatically Mm -hmm. start to love it and love food. So, I mean, I've been checking your progression through your stories and through Bambi stories. And I'm like, damn, Cody's chefing it up in the, in the kitchen. Right, I don't story any of it. It's just Bambi. <laughs> yeah, it's just Bambi. But it looks good. It looks good. Like she's always okay. like hyping your food up. And I'm just like, Cody, come back and cook me a meal. No one wants that to happen. Uh, Truly, I, no want that. That I want that. I want that. But one thing I was curious in asking you is like, what was the evolution of your cooking journey? Is it something that you were doing when we were together in high school or did it get kickstarted with you going to university? Um, Like, or when also, like, when did you start having to cook? And then when did you actually like take joy in cooking? I think it started pretty early. Like my my mom cooks a lot. So I'm exposed to that a lot. I would like see her in the kitchen, kind of like watch her cook um sometimes we would bake together as well at a really young age so i think mm-hmm. i was always super close with food have a good relationship with that and also like being very intrigued in cooking as well i remember just like way back when i was like probably 13 or 14 wanting to just cook a meal for my parents and see what that's like and i made these like mm-hmm. quiches with these ham cups it, it was some like whack-ass food i mean it wasn't that whack i think it tasted mm-hmm. like okay Mm-hmm. But it's just very amateur compared to, you know, what I've been making yeah. nowadays. But I think even before uni, I've been super into cooking. Like Italian food was always the thing that I always cook. I always cook pastas. Sometimes I would also fried rices. So mm-hmm. like it, it starts off at a very basic level. But then like, I think that started to build my like interest into food. And then mm-hmm. I think even before uni, I was super into it. Um, that's why a lot of like my family and friends are always like, oh, you should learn from Ian. Ian knows how to cook. Like you should be able to cook in university and stuff like that. Mm. So it's not it's not me complimenting yourself. It's kind of mm. weird that I said that. I, I take that back. It was kind of a boast. I don't know. I feel I don't I don't know how I feel. I'm glad we got one. it in audio. No, it, it wasn't. It was <laughs> okay. <laughs> but um yeah, that kind of thing. And then I started to watch a lot. I think it's me being interested in the culture of food and how it's made and then about like a lot of chef documentaries and stuff like that has kind of invigorated my like love for not just food but like presentation plating um, pairing and all that stuff Um, and that definitely sprouted just before university and especially during university where I'm like obligated to cook for myself so what I what I don't like to do too much is like following recipes Mm. um i would probably like end up doing one recipe once and then just reiterating it based on what i have in the kitchen or just trying to like do different things to combine it to find that flavor again so i think yeah i think my my journey and my kind of life with food is very explorative Mm. and it continues to be to this day the one thing I just don't do or I like hate to do is having to like grocery shop mm, and mm. like do it for a certain thing I want and then end up with these weird niche ingredients that I don't know mm. what to deal with. Yeah, that is like I'm having yeah. to deal with grocery shopping. And right now I'm just not at the stage where like I 
I'll choose what I eat purely based off of how easy it is to get and how quickly I'll consume it. Like I don't Mm. want to be left with like some weird spice that I'm going to use like four times a year or something, Exactly. you know? Yeah. But that's, that's one thing. Yeah. 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 Definitely. Um, One thing I'm also interested in asking you is like, how do you keep, like, I know that you're someone who, is quite good about like remaining curious about food and like wanting to try out different recipes and not even different recipes, but like different um, like cuisines and like different countries, food and stuff. How do you keep yourself like motivated um, to try something new? Like for me, if I was completely like, I would never go and try to make like Vietnamese food right now or like Thai food or like Mm. Indian food on my own. Like I'm just pretty much sticking with like, pretty so much it's, like western or like it's more so Chinese. in trying new things in cooking mm. or you talk about trying new things in eating no definitely with cooking because cooking. i love trying like new new yeah. cuisines if i don't have to make it right yeah, yeah, yeah i think it takes me like a certain level of how much i enjoy the cuisine itself to be able to mm-hmm. try it out um last year was the first time i tried making thai food mm. um like i i was pretty intimidated by like i, I don't know what to do Mm-hmm. I would like try to make some Thai-ish things. Like I would make, um, like krapao or some uh, okay. krapao or whatever. It's like the basil with the pork and the spicy stuff. Oh like, yeah, that's yeah, yeah. A very easy thing, and it kind of gets me with those like Thai-ish influences and flavors when I'm in uni. So I would always make that and mm-hmm. like have it with rice and veggies and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But I think last year or two years ago was the first time I made like actual like traditionally thai things Mm -hmm. so i would uh, i went out and got like all the all the owingredients from a specialty thai store in kowloon and i made this it's it's like this i forgot it's like pad me something so it's normally we have pad thai right Mm -hmm. so pad is more about like the noodle my one was like a pork and egg based one and then um i had to like use a walk and everything like i don't really use walks yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah and then like because i've been just craving something so hard mm-hmm. that i also want to try like and see if i could actually do it and then i did it it was quite a success and i think it was also dials down to having a lot of free time that mm-hmm. time it was like my hiatus when i was like not working yeah. so i had like a lot of time to think and contemplate what i want to eat like some mm-hmm. things are not less accessible but you don't really find them like pretty often like there mm-hmm. was like Singapore chili crab. I made Singapore chili prawns. Oh, wow. And I was like craving that kind of flavor. And I didn't know where I would go for it. And I wouldn't want to like spend so much money for it if I just want to like eat a bit. And I mm-hmm. just went online, started to a recipe, made it. Mm-hmm. And I think it's that like desire to eat it, mm-hmm. but not be able to just go out and eat it as well. I think it was also yeah. during the pandemic. So it's right, quite right, hard right. to eat out. So that was mm-hmm. definitely one motivating factor. I think gotcha. for you, um, like kind of think about what you want to eat that you don't get in Georgia and mm. find the most basic way of doing it first. Okay. Find the okay. most basic way of getting those and attaining those flavors. And then once you eat it, I feel like you're have, you'll have this sort of satisfaction where like, oh, like this tastes really good. Like mm. satisfies my craving for whatever, um, maybe I could try make something else as well. And then that builds mm. like that sort of like momentum for trying new things. 
yeah 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 definitely. i love how you're getting advice at from me like i'm like gordon ramsay or something like bro like i'm not even that great of a cook like I you just definitely cook are you're selling i'm okay i'm okay i'm okay I'm okay I'll, I'll give you that i'm okay but thank you thank you for your confidence in me you know that okay. i'm a, a point of, of reference for you in the food industry not in the industry but like in of the world of food yeah 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 I'm my mom always I think we've talked about this in the podcast, but my mom has been continuously like disappointed in me for not knowing how to cook. Or Dude, your mom bad. posted um, on my mom's birthday thing. Like my mom posted like, cause it, I think last year or two years ago, I made my mom yeah. like um, dinner cause we couldn't eat out. Yeah. And she posted it on Facebook, obviously. And like Cody's mom just comments on it. Oh, this is so lovely. And right below I was like, Cody, uh, maybe you should ask Ian to teach you how to cook. <laughs> I'm just like, oh, she didn't even ask me. She told you. She was like, yeah, Ian, yeah. please teach Cody some of your yeah. culinary skills. <laughs> I'm like, Damn. the funny thing is, I didn't even see that. I saw it. Like, she didn't tell me about it. I was yeah. scrolling through Facebook, and then I saw that your mom tagged you in it, and then yeah. I like saw the comment at the bottom of it, and I'm like, mom, <laughs> you didn't tell me that you said that. <laughs> But anyways, that was a that was a good transition to like the last question I wanted to ask you, which is what advice do you have for me or for anyone else who is like starting on this journey of cooking? And it's I'm mindful that it's like the time of year where a lot of people are like getting ready to go to uni yeah. as well or getting ready to like graduate from uni. Um, so I what what tips do you have? One piece of advice, as I said just now, was start simple. Mm -hmm. um if you try to be over ambitious with food sometimes you get overwhelmed mm -hmm. and i think especially in a point where like people um some people aren't super familiar with cooking or food and are very intimidated by it if you instantly give yourself too big of a challenge you're instantly gonna be demotivated and that might be like detrimental to you wanting mm -hmm. to cook in the long term you might just mm -hmm. not want to do it ever again because you're like yeah. oh this is so much effort oh this is so hard um and also don't compare how much time you spend to the satisfaction you get with the food mm. like mm. they'll be like oh i spent like five hours and all i can do is like eat for 30 minutes like just mm. just enjoy and revel in like the creation that you made you know mm. yeah totally well we got that all on tape everyone so exclusive ian chan interview right now Dude, this is that gold dust that <laughs> this when you're is like this is cody cody chef. from uh, picture podcast <laughs> thank you so much for your time <laughs> uh, but thank you thank you for sharing a bit no thank you phone. no thank uh. you <laughs> it's like one of those like you guys make me feel young again i love this <laughs> <laughs> oh my god anyways wow, we're thank you. Thank an you so hour much. and two minutes oh wow okay Bro, I gotta go to bed. This is <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry. I think we'll end it there then. Thanks for listening to another episode. Follow us on Instagram at PitcherPod. Rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. We're going to be giving shout outs to everyone who rates and reviews us on Apple Podcasts. Subscribe and check us out on YouTube, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And we'll grab a picture with you guys next time. Bye. Bye-bye.